What's going on, people, and welcome to the Dogs Football Podcast. Here we are on this Friday to preview the great game to come, hopefully tomorrow in terms of a matchup. We are ready. We are excited. The team just got down in North Dakota, ready for the game. I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Loach. Noah, we're really, really ready for this game. We're thinking our guys are going to come out, hopefully strong, and rebound or even keep going off that dominant win in the spring, but just put up a fight at least tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thing that uh, that they want. This is the matchup they kind of wanted. I know the storyline is that North Dakota State, it's a lot of the same players, so they're looking, looking for revenge. So uh, that is that storyline. So, yeah, it's a big-time game. It's uh, one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people already writing this writing SIU off, but uh, I don't think that's the case because they're going to fight. Yeah, because they're going to fight. They know what's on the line in general of a playoff, let alone that it could be some of their final uh, football games. I just think, like I've said, that they can flip that switch, and they played really well last week. I think they'll carry it over. We'll get to this game in a preview of the Bison at the end. No, we talked about it in basketball. It's something worth covering here again with fans for different sports. They don't know. Liz Jarnigan, who we know we got rid of months back, Found out the uh, the whole scandal thing didn't happen, supposedly, but we canned her, bought her out. But no, she's back, and let alone in the Missouri Valley, she just got a new job with Valpo recently. Yeah, she's going to be the assistant to the AD and do some other things, so uh, um, that's good for her. She's getting another opportunity. Um, I know we uh, let her go maybe probably a little bit early. Maybe we should have looked into it a little bit, maybe administrative leave or something, but yeah, we let we cut ties with her, and now she's getting another good opportunity. Yeah, and it's ironic that she's back uh, in the conference working, and you know, obviously outside of her, probably deserving to at least have an administrative leave uh, with what she did, hiding what she did, but now she's back, and we know she's good at her job, so she'll go do a good job with that. We remember talking to her, like we said, before the SEMO game. She's great, so good luck to her. Uh, so, no, that was big news, but, Noah, some more big news and some shocking news which you talked about how uh, even their their coach was, I guess, say it. I was going to whatever. But Noah Connellaire, who we know was committed to us, and we've been talking about his games and everything. We're excited for him. Noah, he flipped his commitment, what was it, just yesterday for Missouri State. And you remember, of course it's conference, but he stays home, like he said. And you remember Petrino saying something about wanting to keep guys home, right? Yeah, he's. And I've seen this coming probably – I didn't expect it to happen because I was had my hopes up that we'd keep a player like this. But, yeah, they've been – he's wanting to keep Southwest Missouri players in state, and that's what they've done. So, a uh, big in-time conference flip, and uh, I'm sure the Nick Hill's not very happy about it. But uh, it'd make it a lot easier if we can uh, knock them off the next couple of years, what we ha- haven't been able to do lately. Exactly. And aside from staying home – you know, they did beat us. They beat us the last two games, but we've gotten, even though their game was crazy, they only lost by a couple. We've made it farther than the playoffs, whether you look at it that way or not. Uh, but, yeah, I think this adds fuel to the rivalry that we honestly have with them and the respect the coaches have. And maybe, like you said, not so much. He's not happy with flipping one of our guys. We see it a lot, but the fact that we had a guy set in stone, a guy we're, kind of, we're excited for, uh, and his skill set, yeah, that, of course, he goes to conference and stays home in Missouri State. So that's definitely worth having news. Like we said, this just came out yesterday, kind of out of left field, kind of caught us by surprise, even though, like you said, it, uh, you wouldn't have actually been totally surprised if it happened because, like you said, keeping guys home. So that's unfortunate big time. 
takes us out of just in terms of our uh, the commits we have. We have about seven, so that takes us about or had at eight. Now it brings us back to seven. Hopefully, none of our other guys make the move, Noah. But that real quickly. Speaking of one of those other commits, it looks like Trevor Olson, who we know has done a great job, uh, made a quick visit to St. Louis and visited Jimmy over the these past couple of days. Yeah, it's it's good to see that uh, our guys, uh, even though we're in the middle of a very key playoff run, hopefully we can continue that. But getting out and seeing, I've seen a lot across the country, a lot of guys are doing things. So it's good to see. Um, he could have probably hit a lot more in that area, in the St. Louis area. So, yeah, it's good to see, um, yeah, losing Connor Hurts. But um, he's from that area, so I'm not really too concerned. If we get more, that's when you start to worry. But, yeah. It's good to see that he's in there. We know we got a couple more linemen to add that. He's been, done a great job, so good to see. Yeah, and especially you said like in the prime of playoffs, obviously that's not it's not a long trip. It's an easy trip before they were to hit the road, and you you know you want to keep these guys happy, and it looks like Jimmy is definitely happy, which is great. We know Ryan Chandler, like we said, always tags Trevor, and he's always active and everything, so we got to keep all our guys happy, and Connor Lair just made that choice, and we respect it. We'll just see him down the road, so. Uh, that's a big news. We mentioned how everything else, Noah, real quickly before we get in, because we, we got a lot of more transfers and recruits that we've been in on recently. Real quickly, we know Charles Young is the only one remaining of our commits. He plays tomorrow, right? Yeah, he plays tomorrow against an undefeated Lamar team in the Class 2 state championship. So a big-time game for Lutheran St. Charles. We wish them the best of luck. He's our only remaining recruit playing, so uh, bring the home a title. Yeah, and the fact that he's been dominating, all, his team has been dominating all these other teams up until this point. So yeah, hopefully he could bring it home. That would be amazing if he did. And definitely playing good and bringing that into Carbondale for next season, into the offseason. So uh, good luck to Charles. Now, Noah, let's jump into all these transfers and recruits that we've been in on the last couple of days. Yeah, we are hitting the portal as hard as we have in a long time. Um, since we last talked, I know we last – Last talk, we landed a new commit. But since then, um, Wayne Jones, he's a DB transfer from Kansas State, so he knows us probably decently well. So uh, that's a big one. Then Ethan Castleberry, he's a VM, uh, VMI transfer. So uh, he's another DB. So a lot of DBs we're looking into to uh, look to see what we can get out of that room, to add to that room. He needs to update his logo on his picture, though. I have yeah. the logo. Uh, then uh, Tulsa, a Tulsa transfer and offensive lineman looks like he's pretty big. So um, losing some a key guy in Xavion, maybe try to fill that right away while our younger guys and freshmen coming in get ready. Um, a Colgate uh, defensive back, uh, all Patriot League kind of player, and the Colgate interception leader in 2019 and this year. So that looks like another ball hawk. Uh, we know we already got one DB coming in, but another one to watch out for. Yeah, let's get the names. Colin Hurd and then the offensive lineman. You said, yeah, Dante Bibbins. Some names to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a big time. Uh, then uh, Logan Kendall, a fullback slash tight end from Idaho, earned All-American all American and All-Conference honors. So uh, um, maybe looking to add to the tight end room here. We get along. We got some more tight ends to look at. But uh, Arkansas State transfer, a DB, Antonio Fletcher, we offered him. So that's another DB to look at. So then uh, Jason Mercier looks like a monster. He has one year left. So uh, 
He's a DN from Florida International. Looks like a monster. Would be an impact player right away, I would say. Then uh, Abilene Christian football come, uh, transfer tight end 6'6", 245. Remington Lutz, that's a real nice name. Um, would be a nice get. Maybe you're looking for adding the tight end room. Another one, Miles um, Kitzelman, a Hutchinson Community College Juco guy, tight end 6'6", 250. Then um, that would be it, unless we had one today. We did not. So uh, hitting the portal hard, but uh, the more you, the longer we play this uh, fall, indeed, uh, or the winter, you could say now. So uh, not really with this weather, but the longer we play, the longer run we have, the more uh, guys will be looking out and wanting to come to play for us. Yeah, and you going back to Dante Bivens, I think he looks like a seasoned you, uh, maybe replacing Zebon. He looks like a tackle. I'm sure he could play anything. Looking at his profile, he's from Texas, yeah, and he played on the Texans field back about five years ago when he was in high school. So playing big games, uh, he would be a great add. You mentioned full boy from uh, – uh, let me find him here. That defensive end you mentioned, yeah, with one year of eligibility left, that would be great. Jason Mercier, that's exactly what we're looking for. He posted a highlight a day ago, and he is pile-driving the quarterback. He is a problem. Having that opposite potentially – Richie Haggerty would be great. Um, I think he may be the number one target for our sake because of the end spot. It's something we need to address. Yeah, Remington Lutz, that's a perfect tight end name. Uh, a lot of other uh, FCS you know, players to steal from them. That would be pivotal. We mentioned the other ones priorly. A lot of experience, a lot of uh, quality, even what, what they come from from high school or quality schools that they come from. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not going to land all of them. It would be nice to land. Uh, most of these guys so let's keep an eye out like you said just like this year make sure we want to pick up veteran guys to lead a young group even with our freshman class coming in that might not play we, don't, we know there's talent everywhere so that yeah. is great going back to that d and uh he's from fiu that's where stone norton is from so maybe hopefully a connection there you're right we've seen some connections with tice and the other guy we are or we brought in now from memphis uh so a lot of ties and obviously that goes a long way in the sports and the real world so hopefully that happens. Uh, so hopefully we land a lot of those guys, like you said. And then now Noah uh, Jack, who we know has done a great job this year and was going to be up for FCS Punter of the Year. He is a semifinalist, we found out, which is great and well-deserving. Um, so we know out of however many, how many people are on here? It looks like 10. So, yeah, he makes the final 10, so it'll be interesting how that plays out. And he, we will sneak peek him for potentially be a pre-dog of the game for this one tomorrow. Um uh, no, there was a, also a tweet that Mike had about Nico that is just crazy, the amount of stats and everything that he is piling up. He's 7-7 seven seven career playoff field goals. He's 3-for-3 three three on 50 or more yard field goals this fall. He's third in career field goals, 43. Uh, tied the school record for field goals in one game. He had four or four times he's made three. He's got He's fifth in career PATs with 119, and he's tied – for least PATs miss, he's only missed three. Fifth, fifth in career points total in football history. Amazing. He'll be another one we might preview. And we mentioned, because we recall, obviously, he's he'll be in these domes, which will be huge, but we recall the 47-yarder he missed against Kansas State that would have, I think, gave us the lead at that point whenever we uh, uh, gave it back. It would have been big. We know the win was big that game, so he's been just amazing all year. If they give a kicker of the year, he should be a finalist as well. We haven't seen that, so there's that. Now, no, there was a Hero Sports article you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's a Hero Sports. I believe Sam Herter did it. 
Um, he ranked 16 to one uh, the top uh, top uh, national championship title favorites from 16 to one with 16 teams remaining, and he had he had us at 14. He says SIU plays MV Missouri Valley foe and number two seed NDSU for the first time since beating them 38 to 14 in Carbondale during the spring season. The names are some. The names are similar for the most part, both on the two deep depth charts, but SIU has cooled off in the second half of the season, and the Bison looked like an entire different team than the one that took the field on February 27th. The Salukis were the national title discussion back in September. In early October, now the odds are stacked against them just to, to make the quarterfinals. And it, Yeah, it, de- it definitely makes sense, like we said, from an outsider's perspective and the way we play and the way they've played, uh, pretty much playing perfect football year all year that it's understandable why people would semi-count us out, and we'll get to that in the preview. Um, so, yeah, we always like hearing what Sam's got to say, even though sometimes we don't agree with it in terms of, obviously, like he said, stacks against us, odds stacked against us, so that's the way we like it and the team likes it. So, Noah, a couple interviews here before we get into this preview and what some other games are going in. Romir, we know earlier in the week, talked with Gene Green, uh, he says that about the game the other night, about his key touchdown that he thought kind of put the game away, because South Dakota was a team that really doesn't go away. They like to keep staying in the game, and they did when they cut it to six. But he said the team missed some opportunities, obviously, to score six, but they did a good job on that final, on that on his touchdown. Uh, he thought the team overall had a great record uh, with, it, with it not going their way the previous couple games, uh, but they got the job done this time. Said Coach Griffin, because Gene asked him, what brought him to Carbondale, and obviously he was a tremendous no. We remember saying, do you remember what kind of stats he had coming out of high school? So many yards, do you remember? Or touchdowns, too. He had a gazillion touchdowns. Yeah, he had a lot. He was a big-time player for his state and led his team to an undefeated record in the state title. Unbelievable. And we recall the Indiana State game we went to a couple years ago. He had a lot of family there, and he actually was decent in that game. Uh so, yeah, he talked about what brought him here, and he said that Coach Griffin, who we know a great relationship with all the running backs, said that he coached his then uh, high school running back coach in college back in the day. So there's obviously some ties there. And he said SIU just felt like home. And then he mentioned, obviously, with Jeremy being from the Indianapolis area and Fishers, that once Romir committed here, that Jeremy showed him around and everything, and them, you know, whatever the word would be, bonding from being Indianapolis guys. So that helped him out, said, he said. And then he mentioned, like, we've heard all year about the running backs and, you know, the, the touches. And uh, he says that having four backs isn't a challenge. He said injuries are going to happen. You have to stay ready and prepared. And says the running back groups is the most unselfish and knowing that they – he said that they obviously could go anywhere else and start, but they don't care. All they want to do is win. We, all they want to do is win. We know we've heard that from all the other running backs all season, which is I think what made what's made us a good team even through the the ups and downs of having this steadiness and relationships. Uh, and he said that the team's excited obviously for this game. He's never been to the Fargo Dump, so he's excited. And he said obviously the team knows that beating them in the spring gives them confidence. Overall, gives SIU confidence, but he knows that uh, you know maybe North Dakota State's got something to prove. And proving that, obviously, that game was probably just a fluke. We know the teams are relatively the same. Uh, so he said he's excited to play, though, as is the team. Um, he said the confidence is going high, and they're ready to fight. And North Dakota State will be tough. No, and then Nick Baker, obviously, we want to know what our quarterback's got to say beforehand, before this game. Mike first mentioned that he was, a, was an honorable mention on the All-Missouri Valley. 
says he he would have he didn't care about it, but he said he would have cared maybe a little bit more if he got obviously first, second, or third team. You know, personally, but he says he's just most concerned about the playoffs. Uh, Mike asked him about you know his turnovers and how you know why that's been a difference for him. He says he's in more control and where he he he's in more he's under more control and knows where he wants to go with the ball. You know, depending on what the defense provides. Says that uh, he's a, he's been more of a leader over the course of the season. He's cut back on his ni you know, on his uh, interceptions because of the obvious and the decision making. And he gave credit to the other team. Said these are Division One players; they make plays. Uh, we said that yeah, a lot of people have made plays on that, but it's a lot with his decision making. That's about eighty twenty in that regard. Um, he says it doesn't mean anything to be a quarterback of a team in the playoffs without going all the way. Uh, Says he doesn't think this will be the final game for us. Says North Dakota State is the same team playing physical. They're the same team as they were. They play physical ball and they run the ball and they make you out execute them. Says that they definitely have bad a bad taste in the mouth after the spring game. Says he says in that game that they avoided second and long and third and long in that game with a great defense. And he uh, gave kudos to the offensive line for only only allowing one sack in that game. Uh, and he says their defense isn't anything crazy. They kind of just do a base defense. So we'll get into that, Noah. So some words by QB1. Now the uh, long-awaited preview of the Bison, Noah. This is a, by far not even for sake of playoffs, but who it's against. Knowing we want to beat them the way you know can keep it going after beating them in the spring. This is the, obviously the biggest game of the year. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. We know the type of team. Uh, North Dakota State is. They are the Valley. They won the Valley this year again, and the number number two overall national seed. And their only loss came to at South Dakota State, a place we won. So uh, um, we know we know what kind of style they like to play. So uh, NDSU has only been held under 200 rushing yards only three times this year. So uh, they've ran for I know against South Dakota this year they ran for over 200 yards. So uh, it's a big test. To against us, but uh, we know it's going to be a big test. We know we got to play key, key team defense all around, especially defensively. We know we've allowed over 200 or more rushing yards already three times this year. One was against Kansas State, an FBS team, but uh, really it's going to come down first off to I think the SAU defense against the North Dakota State run game. Uh, we've struggled a lot. We've seen a lot against. A lot of guys get a lot of yards against us this year, going back to Youngstown State and other games. So it's one we're going to have to come ready, uh, load the box or something, and maybe make their quarterback beat us. Exactly. Get that pass rush you mentioned. Yeah, they do have NFL prospects on the line. Just a quality offense, and their receivers are really good. Uh, Watson, Noah, he's one of the best in the country. Yeah, he's one of the best in the country, and I said uh, I think he's the in the valleys, the most ready NFL ready guy to make a big impact right away. Um, so he's a big test to test to watch out for. He was uh, another key I thought on the defensive side would be PJ Jules and Christian Watson. I would let PJ travel travel everywhere he goes and let PJ shut him down the best he can. Exactly. I think we should keep him one on one. Have the help there potentially, but you allow you know. You, you kind of don't want to let him beat him, but you, you kind of want to let anyone else try to beat you. And you said stacking the box, doing anything possible to uh, pull off a game like this and play right in every single facet, play almost perfect. Uh, 
And at the time, though, when we beat them last year, they were on a 39-game winning streak, we remember. So that makes it even uh, as crazy of a game as that was. In the last four seasons, the only teams to beat North Dakota State have been us, arch rival South Dakota State, which did this time, and then Sam Houston did as well. So they've only lost to three teams in the last four years. We know the dynasty they've provided. Uh, and the fact that, you know, yeah, the fact that, they weren't the team that they were. They had relatively the same players. That was kind of seemed like a fluke game. We don't recall just in terms of how they played. We obviously played great. It was just weird to me. They, when we remember the Hail Mary at touchdown at the end of the half that they got to hold, that we thought was going to get them in a rhythm. So here we go again. But uh, that was a crazy game. We remember. So uh, outside of everything else, we got uh, Coach Hill a couple quotes here about them. He said, "I have tons of respect for North Dakota State. That's really all I can say." Coach Ants, their coaching staff, their players, their tradition, their development. Just a ton of respect for those guys and the way they go about it. When you look at the film, they play hard, they're gritty. This is a pretty typical North Dakota State team as far as getting back to physically getting after you in the running game. They have some explosiveness on the edge with maybe one of the best wide receivers in the country. Yeah, they are doing a good job with getting those touches, reverses, and run game. And they have settled in on, on a quarterback who's playing at a good level. Defensively, it's always a challenge. They consistently have always one of the top defenses in the country. Um, and back to what Nick said, Nick Baker said that they kind of have that base defense, Noah, where, uh, you know, they don't they don't beat them. Like, they don't make mistakes. They kind of just do what they're supposed to in every facet. They kind of just play clean football on defense. So we're going to have to get everybody involved in offense, we think. Yeah, we're going to have to get everybody. And another key I had was uh, our receivers against that pass defense. Um, they've been very stingy. On that pass defense, we know we got to watch out for. They built another. They basically they remain a juggernaut in the valley, um, only allowing they only allowed twelve point one points per game. So um, that's one that's best in the country on uh, on the defensive side. They're also only allowing eighty five rushing yards a game and only one hundred and seventy seven passing yards. And they also led the Missouri La Valley in sacks. And another key guy to watch out on that defensive side of the ball is Braden Thomas, who started his career at the University of Mary, Mary before transferring to Minnesota State, and now he's ended up and was named to the first team All-MVC, uh, right behind Jared Brinkman in the Valley Defensive Player of the Year. So uh, they got some really good guys, and on the offensive side, um, they scored 35 points a game. That's led the Valley, so they like to... Uh, pound the ball running. They averaged 271 rushing yards a game and ninth in passing in the Valley and 160. So um, they started the year with Quincy Patterson, a former four-star recruit um, that went to Virginia Tech, and now he's there. But they switched to Cam Miller, who was the starter last year but got taken over for, I believe, for uh, Nolan, who's now starting for South Carolina for some now. Then uh, a guy like Tameric Williams running the ball, he started his career, spent two years at SMU, and they have Kobe Johnson and some other guys like Jalen Bussey, and uh, uh, their fullback does a little bit of running too. So big time, and you can't forget Christian Watson, the big time player on the outside. So uh, then special teams, they were a very distant first in punt return average. With a touchdown, they averaged 282 yards, or they had 282 return yards and a touchdown this year. Um, yeah, but if you look at this team overall, if you had a weakness, it's is their kicking game. They were 10th in the Valley in net yards per punt and 8th in field goal percentage at 70%. He went 12 of 17, so that's something to watch out for. 
without a doubt, and knowing, I'm sure they got relatively a lot of home games and hitting in the dome, kicking in the dome, like we said that we think Nico has the advantage over a lot of people. That is interesting. For being as elite of a team as they are, they got to have steadiness at kicker and punter, which they haven't. I think we could definitely take advantage of there. You miss, you mentioned the running backs. Yeah, uh, Tameric Williams and Kobe Johnson, they both have about, yeah, around 500 yards apiece. We had that with South Dakota last week. It's about stopping that run game. And one of the best names, seems like in the sport, Phoenix Sproles is uh, another receiver that they have. Uh, he hasn't had a whole lot this year, but that's an incredible name. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned how – and we've averaged 22 more points than they have scored this year. Uh, they only allow, yeah, 12 points a game this year, which is really incredible. Um, and, yeah, we average 425 points per game. That's 163 more than the Bison allowed. So we talked about it before. They are the, the team that allows the least. So they probably have the best defense overall. We talked about you and I's defense. Um, and going into this game, I think that's a big thing. You mentioned the most sacks so far. How many sacks is that? I'm not sure if you said a number. And we know like 40. 40. And we know we were in the late 20s. And we thought we'd done a good job. Uh, that's incredible. I think the biggest thing will be, again, the pass protection. Because we know, you know, we said with Watson, we think we're pretty confident Avante at his best, even Landon. And those one-on-ones, if Nick is able to throw downfield to them and, you know, make efficient throws and have the time, I think that's the biggest thing to watch. This is definitely going to be a crazy game and knowing – like we said, you have to play perfect. It seemed like in this one, uh, there's not a spread yet. I wonder, uh, oh, yeah, it's 14. Yeah, two touchdowns. We talked about it earlier. Uh, so, the hat, I mean, that's reasonable. We mentioned how if we lose this game, we want it to be with 10 or less. We don't want to get beat bad. Like we said, this team is triggered to where I don't think that will happen. Uh, 14 points isn't too bad, Noah. So, and it's a 230 game, which we're disappointed in. We understand there's a lot of other games going on, and you're going to get a, an afternoon game with our work. Hopefully, we can manage to get off around the time it starts. Potentially, that'll be tough. But 230 is unfortunate. Noah, 14-point favor. Let's get into our picks here. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to take. I'm going to take the – I think it's one of those games. Uh, it's whether – I think we either get our ass kicked or we play it close, and maybe I really have a chance to win at the end, and I think it's going to – we're going to play it play it close so the plus 14 is easy i agree i i don't think we're going to get killed in this game like i say that and i don't have any wood around me to not do it i just think that we can flip this i just think like i said the flipping of the switch and knowing what there is to lose um and gain obviously in this game that i just can't see it happening i can see this being a really close game i agree with the 14 points maybe we could catch them off guard in any facet you never know how these games can play out especially in football in general we know how it is at the professional level. You just never know. Uh, I need a bounce back from Landon in this game. Uh, so yeah, I'll take the plus 14 too. Let's get some quick score predictions. What do you think? Yeah, I am thinking of a Bison win probably. I'm going to go with uh, 35 to 31. That's good. A four-point loss. Like we said, we want to keep it as close as we possibly can. I was thinking in the 30s for them as well. I like got 31 to – I'll say a 31 to 24. It's going to come down to a final drive and us making a play, and uh, maybe it won't work out. It's just that's how good we put ourselves in that position, but that's how good their defense ends up uh, stymieing out in the end. And hopefully, like we said, we're both hopefully we're both wrong. So I, that's a wait and see. Clearly, know who will be the dogs of this game. We talked about facets in the South Dakota game of like certain areas of a, of a uh, certain position group that was big. 
what do we think in this big game? Yeah, it's a it's it's a big one. Uh, it's going to come down to it. I had him last week, and because it's on him, and uh, you saw what happened last week. We were able to rely on that ground game, which is going to be big in this one. But yeah, it it's it's Nick Baker to me. It's uh, he did not he did not turn the ball over. He didn't try to take a risk. He didn't make the mistakes. He let the game come to him. And that was the result. He relied on the run game, and he made some big plays in the air. So it's an easy one to me. If if we're going to do anything, it's going to be on the quarterback, so it's got to be Nick Baker. I agree. I think that's unanimous without a doubt. If I were to just choose anybody opposite of you, I would say Javon because we mentioned how, how important he is, how valuable he is, his ability to make big plays. And we talked about if he pass, receives, and runs, we win. I wonder if we'll see any of that tomorrow in terms of pulling out all the stops using him as much as we can. We know Romir was an interview. He could get going on this one. we got to use everybody, how the game plays out, but you need to pull out all the stops. Yeah, what about defense? Yeah, defense, it's going to come down. I'm going to say P.J. Jules. you got to contain Christian Watson for making big plays, but also we got to rely because uh, we're going to probably have to play a lot of one-on-ones because you're going to have to stack that box to stop the run game. I agree 100%. P.J., uh, definitely has a, a tall task. We know DJ Johnson will get involved and David. Hopefully they all can be steady back there in our safeties. As active as they were last week, hopefully they continue that. I'll go with Bryce. I, I, I've probably picked Bryce Notry as dog of the game more than anybody I have this year. Either of us have picked one person. I just think how amped he gets and how much is on the line for him. We, we know about the opportunities he'll have after the year in terms of run stuffing too and maybe even rushing the passer. He's got to do everything. Uh, he's our do-it-all guy. So I can see that happening. So definitely some key picks here. Yeah, everything's on the line in this game, as we know. It's do or die. We were hoping, obviously, we could put off a season recap and a look forward at, you know, before South Dakota, we got the job done. This is a tall task. And even Nick Baker said that, you know, nothing matters until you can go as, as far as you possibly can. Nothing matters in the second round. If you can go, you know, you need to go as far as you possibly can. So. We'll take our QBs. We're with it. Yeah, everything's on his shoulders. Obviously, you gotta have, you gotta protect him like we're hoping, and he's gotta be able to know when to run, know when to throw it away, play perfect ball. So, no, let's end with maybe special teams of the game, which we talked about could again be the biggest thing of the game. Maybe. Yeah, it's the it could be end up being the best thing, and we probably say it's either Nico or Jack because special teams kicking. We know in dome probably Nico's good from sixty. Then Jack Wade, he's been bombing one and able to pin guys deep. Um, I think going against a juggernaut, it's still, I know we haven't seen a lot of it, but I think it needs to have a big play, a big return. I'm going with Isaiah Harker. Especially since we talked about Nico giving them opportunities. He's had 65-yard kickbacks, and you said their kicker's not great. Maybe he won't kick it out of the end zone, but we know the whole rule with the 20, 25-yard line, you can fair catch it. So we'll see if you know they're interested in that. I think pulling out all the stops, they'll try that. And I think you could flip a coin with Nico and Jack because, you know, unless we put up 15 play, seven-minute drives like we get against a good South Dakota defense, you know, and give our defense rest in general and go down and maybe hopefully get in for six that we got to take points like we talked about at the beginning of the game. You're going to be in four-down territory the rest of the way. You could flip a coin, honestly. I can't even pick one of who is more important. I think we will punt in this game at times, so Jack's got to be huge and Nico getting us in scoring opportunities, but hopefully we can get in for touchdowns. But if we flip a coin with that, you're right, though. You need to get involved maybe on uh, 
in the kickoff return games or punt return. We know Javon does that. We don't know how the opportunities are there. Hopefully our special teams hold up. It's been pretty good all year. So, like we said, a lot on the line, a lot. Like you said, a lot of perfect football has to be played in this one. We think we're up to the task. We both take a plus 14. We're hoping it's close. We're thinking it'll be close. Like you said, game of the week. Uh, we know some other good. What are some quick, what are some other key games in the second round here? Yeah, the two of them kicked off tonight. Um, as we speak uh, at halftime, Villanova, the fifth overall seed, is up at at, uh, at halftime, 14 to nothing over Holy Cross, just kicked off the third quarter. Then tonight, a big one, Eastern Washington, Montana, that is one to watch, probably the game of the weekend. Um, I'll be definitely tuned in, so that'll be, the, we know after last week, uh, a lot of trash talking, and we know Eastern Washington's ticked off. They did not get an overall seed, so that's one to watch tonight. That's a great point. Eastern Washington players were talking after the fact of how excited they are. I think there will be some hostility in that game tonight. Yeah, we can't wait to watch that. Definitely, and we mentioned Kennesaw State, the run that they could potentially go on. Uh, that's a pretty good matchup with ETSU and Sam Houston and Incarnate Ward and so on and so forth. South Dakota State at Sacramento State. Seven-point uh, favorite South Dakota State is is on the road. Uh, Montana State is at almost 12 against UT Martin. That'd be interesting. We talked about Missouri State barely losing. That'd be a great matchup with Montana State. But this is what we got in Southeast Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana's offense against James Madison. Madison's a big favorite now. So a lot of great games. We can't wait to preview them or recap them in our next pod, hopefully in recapping a victory from ours. So like we said, we're excited. Unfortunately, it's at 2.30. But like we said, uh, biggest game of the year. No one's picking us, as we talked about. It's one of those that you're excited for that fact only. You want to shock the world. You want to defeat who everyone else is picking pretty much to win it all. And know if we win this game, it could look good for us the rest of the way out potentially. Uh, just in terms of, obviously, you get past the juggernaut and then you just go from there on out. So we're hoping we come to you guys next after a victory and we're not recapping the loss and then the season in and of itself. So we're hoping we can come to you guys next with a victory. So we're so excited for it. We're 100% ready. So for Nick Malone, no we'll talk to you guys soon, hopefully after a dub. Go dogs.